Time for an oil change? Head to Jiffy Lube. We've got you covered. We've also got you covered when it comes to oil changes, thanks to Pennzoil Synthetic Motor Oil, getting you back on the road in a Jiffy. Jiffy Lube. Leave worry behind. You are listening to The Anthony Ferrella Show, presented by WDSR. All right, I'm here with Jack Mack, who is a college football blogger and a co-host of the podcast Comeback Season with Casey Smith and Dave Portnoy, or better known as El Presidente at Barstool Sports. New episodes of the podcast can be heard on Monday evenings when they are released on iTunes. Jack, welcome into the program. Thanks for having me, Anthony. I'm really excited to be here. What's new and exciting in the world of Barstool? As we know, a lot goes on there every day. I mean, what's new and exciting? Last week, they had another rough and rowdy, which is sort of boxing. It's a boxing promotion that Barstool owns. They had one in before the Florida Georgia game in Jacksonville. That was fun. I, I didn't go to it, but I guess I got to watch it from New York. And then uh, what else is going on? Uh, they have the college football show that goes on every week. They have Barstool Sports Advisors that gets played on local TV every Sunday morning. And then you can also watch it on the website around 11, 1130 a.m. Uh, it's really busy right now because obviously – where you make your money is football season, as I'm sure you know. And uh, I'm trying to think. There's nothing uh, crazy going on right now. Sometimes there's some controversy brewing, but the waters are, are as you would say, uh, calm right now, which is which is good, I would say. But, no, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what's going on. And we got a lot going on this week in college football. This is statement uh, week in the, in the SEC, especially, and obviously this Saturday. It's statement Saturday with – uh, the Georgia and Kentucky game and the LSU-Alabama game. Uh, but first, before we get into those games, I just want to get your take on some of the other games in and around the SEC, and better not to start with than South Carolina, who is heading to Old Miss. Uh, that game is at noon on the SEC Network. Uh, just some facts here. South Carolina, as you know, is coming off of a late victory over Tennessee. Uh, that line in that game was a little bit suspect for me. Uh, but Jake Bentley was okay in that one, and obviously the running back Rico Dowdle was really good, uh, 14 for 140 and a touchdown. Uh, and another guy for South Carolina, Debo Samuel, who I have said, who I've said in the beginning of the season, him and Jake Bentley were one of the better quarterback wide receiver duos in the country as well in the conference. But he was a non-factor again last week. Uh, really disappointing out of him. But uh, just a word here for Will Muschamp. Uh, he is 7-0 and against Tennessee, obviously when he was with Florida, 4-0, and then 3-0 with Tennessee. Um, but that, that's kind of the, the slant there from South Carolina. And then Old Miss, uh, just a refresher, they are coming off of a bye. And before this bye, they did lose to Auburn. And Auburn does look like they're getting back on their winning ways. We will see this week. We'll get into that game here in a second uh, between Auburn um, really quickly. But uh, Ole Miss is the second most offensive the second most explosive offense in the SEC, Jordan Tommy, A.J. Brown, Scotty Phillips, you know the game uh, or the gang uh, there, Jack. Do you, do you think that um, this line in this game is a little bit suspect? Because right now it looks like it's a pick, but it might favor um, in, in more of uh, Auburn at this point. Uh, or Ole Miss, I'm sorry. Oh, Ole Miss, yeah, we're talking. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, anytime you go on the road and you play a noon game, I feel it's tough to bet the road team. It's just 
it's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, Ole Miss, I mean, they're, they're a team that uh, they impressed me against Texas Tech early in the season, and then obviously what happened against Alabama. That wasn't great. And then we had, we saw, I think it was two weeks ago against Auburn. Wasn't great. But you still have Jordan Tomu. I, I think DK Metcalf is out for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which, which hurts their wide receiver core. They still have AJ Brown. So I, Ole Miss, I, I like Ole Miss. It's just, I, I think Matt Luke was a good hire for them. It's just, I, I can't really, this is a game that, it's a good SEC game. There's a lot of talent in it. There's a lot of, future NFL players in it, but it's, it's kind of gross. I mean, it's a noon game. It's at Ole Miss and Oxford. It's against South Carolina. If I had to, if I had to bet it, I'd probably take Ole Miss, but that's nothing against South Carolina, and obviously South Carolina, they're 4-3 right now. I'm blanking on their SEC record, but they're, they're obviously lost to Georgia, so they're kind of out of that SEC race, but still... It's, they have a lot of talent. I, I mean, I, you could tell me any outcome in this game, I wouldn't be shocked. You told me a South Carolina blew out, I wouldn't be shocked. You told me Ole Miss blew out, I wouldn't be shocked. But that, yeah, I don't know, Anthony. Are you are you leaning any other? Any I'm way? not leaning. Um, I'm not leaning any way at all. I think a pick uh, at this point uh, on the line is more reasonable than anything. Um, like you said, if one team blows out the other, I wouldn't be totally surprised. Uh, though I do like. Uh, Old Miss in this game on the fact that uh, they do have one of the most explosive offenses in the conference outside of Alabama uh, and the fact that they are playing at home, uh, which has been a huge factor this year in college football, and it is every single year. Uh, but that was just the take there uh, on that game this week between Old Miss and South Carolina. And I've been jumping the gun there before on Auburn, and we'll get to Auburn right now. Uh, Texas A&M will head there this week. Um, just Texas A&M obviously coming off of an embarrassing loss to Mississippi State, 28-13. to uh, I don't know what happened. Texas A&M on the talent side I think is actually really good and on top of Jimbo Fisher who has been outstanding uh, there for them this season. Uh, but I think last week, obviously, just real quick, I think home field, like I said earlier, is an advantage uh, and it's real. And Mississippi State proved that last week in a game where they were favored and I thought it was outrageous they were favored, but uh, yet again, I'm proved wrong. Uh, but Texas A&M last week had about seven to ten drops. I don't expect that this week against Auburn. Um, Auburn, by the way, was on by last week, as you know. Um, in the week prior, they played um, Old Miss and they rebounded on 131-16. But I don't think that this program is fully back on track. Jack, what do you think that they need to do in this game in order to walk away uh, victorious? That is uh, Texas A&M, of course. Texting them, I, I'm, it's it's very similar to last week, if you were to ask me, because last week I think what Texas A&M's issue is they have a great defense, but they're often, it, it leaves a little bit to desire, and when they go up against a great defense, which Mississippi State is, they're often is brutal. I mean, we can talk about Nick Fitzgerald if you'd like, but I don't think we'll probably spend a lot of time on the Mississippi State-Louisiana Tech game, but Mississippi State's great straight is their defense and that's very similar to what Auburn is looking like this season and Auburn has a great defense but Jared Stidham and that offense has just been I, I think they're missing carry on Johnson I think they're missing uh, I, I think they're missing carry on Johnson quite frankly that's what that's what it seems like they can't really get the run game going Jared Stidham was supposed to a lot of people were saying oh watch out for him he's a dark horse Heisman candidate and he just hasn't been that and with with Texas A&M to win this game, I, I mean, Kellen Mond would have to probably just uh, 
find something he didn't find last week at Mississippi State. And probably is a little bit more likely than last week, considering that it is a new game. Anytime you play in Stark Vegas at night with the Cowboy Bells running, I mean, that's a tough environment. I don't care if Mississippi State's in the top five or outside the top 25. That's a tough environment. And I still think, like you said, there was a bunch of drops. Texas A&M, the final score, I think, was 28-13, but it was a lot closer than that. So I, I wouldn't. I think we're going back and forth on Jimbo about, oh, he was a good hire, oh, he's not. I think you need to give him a little bit more time get his players in there. And I, I'm, I'm high on this Texas A&M team, but in this game, not so much. Okay, so I, I do agree with a lot of what you said, and also you mentioned the defensive side there for the Aggies. Uh, on top of Mike Elko, who came from Notre Dame, the defensive coordinator, uh, has been really good. And like you said, we got to give Jimbo some more time here to get his players in there uh, and everything like that. But uh, Vegas does have Auburn by five uh, in this game against Texas A&M, so... Um, you are taking Auburn, right? Yes, I would take. If I were to take somebody in this game, it would be Auburn. The line did open at minus six. It's been bet down, the, like you said, minus five, minus four. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is this is going to be a game that will be. Uh, it's going to be a close one. I mean, I, I would. I'd be shocked if Auburn blows out Texas A&M. But I just think Auburn has the more talented team. I would say Jimbo's a better coach than Gus Malzahn, but I would say they're they're pretty close, and especially with Jimbo not having all of his players there yet. And I, I would say that I would I would be more on Auburn minus the points than Texas A&M plus the points. But I, I'm not that confident with that. But if I, you put a gun to my head and you told me my life was on the line, I had to pick this game. It would be it would be Auburn. And Texas A&M this week is coming in around 25. I think that is where they're at in the AP pool. Obviously, the college football playoff rankings will be released uh, this week, and obviously they're not going to be uh, in the running for the college football playoff, but those rankings do mean more than the AP pool, at least from my opinion. But I actually do have Texas A&M in this game, and on the fact of Travion Williams, uh, they're running back. He's been one of the more explosive backs in this conference. I, like I've said all year, it's the top three tier of running backs. Benny Snell, Scotty Phillips from Old Miss, and Travion Williams from Texas A&M have been outstanding. But uh, I could see why you would take Auburn here. Like you said, Jimbo doesn't have his guys yet. Uh, and obviously, Mike Elko on the defensive side doesn't have his guys yet. Uh, and offensively, Kellen Mond has been a lot better than I expected he would be. But yet again, that's the Jimbo effect, I think, working with him on the offensive side of the football. Uh, let's get to the next game here. Uh, Missouri, they're going to Florida this week. Uh, Florida's coming off of a loss against Georgia in a game where they did not play well at all. Uh, just a word for the wise here. Last week I did predict Georgia to win 42-17, uh, to and they only won 36-17, so I was about six points off, but I was pretty close. Uh, so some credit there. Uh, but I do expect Florida to get back to their winning ways this week. Uh, but Missouri is more than a pushover, and I understand Missouri has not been uh, all that good this season. And obviously coming off of a loss last week against Kentucky uh, on the final play of the game, they deserve to win that game, and uh, especially the defense. The defense deserved to win that game, and they put them in a position to. Obviously, uh, they lost it on the last possession there, but uh, Drew Locke was terrible. That's why I say they deserve to win it on the defensive side more than anything. Uh, but what do you think... Uh, Missouri needs to do in order to pull off an upset this week in the swamp where we know it's an extremely tough place to play in college football? 
for me, it's more just mindset for Missouri. I mean, where, where's their mind right now? They're, what, 0-4 in the SEC. They've had a few brutal losses in the SEC. And now you have to go and play in the swamp. I would just be wondering where their head is at. Do they believe in their coach, Barry Odom? Uh, or are they just checked out? I mean, they have, is Drew Locke? Drew Locke's probably, a, probably pumped up because he wants to continue to increase his draft status. But the rest of the team, we see it time and time again. I mean, we have 18 to 22 year olds, 23 year olds. And where's their head at? So that's what, that's something I really struggle with with, with a situation like this. I mean, it's so unpredictable. So with this team, Missouri, for them to win, I mean, the thing with Drew Locke is that I wrote this in my preview for last week, but if you look at Drew Locke's stats against top 40 defenses, top 30 defenses, they're astronomically different than what they are against teams like Memphis or a team outside the top 40 defense. So his interception, TD interception ratio against the top 40 defense, which I mean, any quarterback, if you look at those stats, they're going to be a little bit different than when you're playing Memphis or Missouri State. But Drew Locke is throwing a 53% completion rate. Uh, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I think after last week's game, he's thrown 12 touchdowns and 16 interceptions against top 40 defenses in his career at Missouri. So Florida, which we all know, has a great defense. Drew Locke's going to have to turn it on, and I don't think he will. So if you had to ask me who I was betting this game, I, I would I would be taking Florida just based upon Drew Locke, Max doing great against top 40 defenses. And I, I I don't know how you rebound from that loss to Kentucky. That was one of the more miraculous and brutal losses I've seen for for a team in, in, in a while. Obviously, there's some brutal ones we can all name, but that one this season, it seemed like Missouri had that locked up for the entire game. Obviously, we saw what happened with the four, uh, the pass interference and then the untimed down. But who are you liking here, Anthony? I, I like Florida as well in this game, especially because they're at home. We know the Swamp uh, is feared again. At least I think that is on top of what Dan Mullen has done for this program. And like I said, there's a lot of new coaches in this conference this year, and uh, they've been raising some eyebrows. But I think Dan Mullen has uh, definitely signified this Florida program. And on top of it, I don't think a lot of these guys, and I know a lot of these guys, aren't his players. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what happens when he gets his players. But um, just getting back to Drew Locke real quick before we shift to this Georgia-Kentucky matchup uh, in Lexington at Kroger Field. Uh, Drew Locke got outplayed by Terry Wilson. That's really hard to do. Uh, considering Terry Wilson the week prior was three of nine. He cannot throw the football at all, uh, similar to the, what Nick Fitzgerald does. Now, obviously, Fitz was a little bit better last week, uh, about 200 yards in the air, and I uh, did throw a touchdown or two, I believe. But um, it's really hard to get outplayed by Terry Wilson, and Drew Locke did that last week, and that might be one of the reasons why they only put up seven points or eight points in that game. So um, that's just a little quick note there and let's get to our Georgia Kentucky game this week and this is uh, one of the two big games uh, in the conference that everyone's gonna have their eyes on this game will be at 3:30 on CBS and then the primetime matchup which everyone thinks and I, I also think so is the Alabama LSU at 8 o'clock uh, also I think that is on CBS uh, but let's get to Georgia Kentucky real quick uh, as you know the winner of this game will represent the East in the SEC championship game uh, Jake Fromm last week three touchdowns on all third downs last week. So every time they're on third downs, he did throw three touchdowns. So basically, like I said, 
when they're at third, not on second down, not even on first down, or even when they would go for it on fourth. He did throw the touchdowns there on third down uh, last week against Florida. Um, last 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 second win over Missouri last week. I couldn't think of, of the name here, but uh, C.J. Conrad was the guy, recipient on the end of the Terry Wilson touchdown uh, to him last week uh, in that game. But uh, in the last 21 meetings, Georgia has 19 wins uh, to Kentucky's two. So I think that it's fair to say Georgia has dominated this series of recent. Uh, but just some quick facts here on Georgia. Uh, they gave up a ton of rushing yards last week, and Kirby Smart said that this team is still, quote, a work in progress, end quote. And honestly, I think that is more true than anything. And I actually thought that Georgia would kind of regress a little bit from last year a lot on top of a lot of what they lost uh, on the defensive side of the football, and especially offensively uh, with Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. Um, there in the running back position. Obviously, they have DeAndre Swift, who uh, played quite well, uh, has played quite well all season. Um, but this, getting to Kentucky here, this is going to be the biggest game in this school's history uh, on the football side. They've been in some pretty big basketball games, uh, as a lot of you know. But uh, just, I want to get your take here real quick. Kentucky has been playing brutally uh, ugly games, and they're winning. And I don't know how they're winning. Um, maybe because they have Benny Snell, the best running back in this conference. But um, I do like this matchup more than last week. Um, but I did thought Missouri would win that game last week. We just talked about it, uh, despite blindly picking Kentucky last week. But uh, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Because uh, I really don't know. Yeah, I, I think Kentucky's game plan is to make it ugly. And they can do that. I think they have a they have a shot to win, and I think one of the points you brought up is the most important factor of this matchup, and that's Georgia's rusty. Because even in their game against Missouri earlier in the year, we saw Missouri get what they wanted on the ground, and obviously in that game, Georgia won by 13. But there's a lot of sloop plays. There's a lot, of, and there's a hunt punt block for a touchdown. There's a lot of fumbles, true lockers, some wild interceptions. So if Kentucky can slow down the game and bring everybody together in terms of the rushing attack, which is interesting to me because even in their game against Texas A&M, we saw them not really run the ball a lot. And maybe that was because they thought they couldn't run it on the Texas A&M defense. But I know that you talked about how uh, Kentucky's quarterback last week outplayed outplayed Missouri's quarterback, uh, Drew Locke. But I don't know if he's going to be able to pass on this Georgia secondary, which is a lot better than Missouri's secondary. So if Benny Snell can get going, an offensive line can hold an advantage against Georgia's defensive line and linebackers, I think Georgia really has a big chance to upset them. And then their defense, which is going to show up without a doubt. I think they have a top five defense, and they can do that and slow down Georgia enough on offense, which won't be that hard of a task. I think Kentucky has a pretty good shot. I know the line right now is around 12. I'm definitely looking at Kentucky plus the points. That's interesting because uh, right now, uh, from what I've seen, I think Vegas uh, does have Georgia by about nine and a half. Now, this was as of... Uh, earlier this week, but the line might have fluctuated at this point. Now, uh, I do have Georgia in this game, and I do have Georgia by a lot more than the actual line. 
uh, on the fact that I don't think Kentucky is going to be able to get away with playing like this um, the whole season, and especially the rest of the season against Georgia, who I would, it's probably fair to say is their toughest test uh, at this point. But uh, I, I, like I said, Kentucky, if, if they're going to make it ugly, um, they have a really good shot to win this football game because more than likely it's going to be ugly for Georgia, uh, especially running the football. Now I know they got DeAndre Swift there and they got some other guys who do make some things happen on top of Jake Fromm. Uh, but like you said, the, de the defense, the secondary is really good, and Terry Wilson's not going to be able to pass on that at all. Uh, I was surprised last week that Terry Wilson actually played better against Missouri. Now, I understand Missouri's secondary isn't all that great, but uh, I just was surprised at Terry Wilson's play last week. But I honestly think Georgia will win this game, and they're going to win by a sizable amount of points um, in this matchup. But um, I, it's at the end of the day, I think it, it's it's going to come down to who's the actual better team. I think Georgia is. Now, credit to Mark Stoops and what he has done this year uh, for that program. It's outstanding, and I wouldn't have. I don't think anybody would have predicted it um, at the beginning of the season. What did you, by the way, what did you have Kentucky winning at the beginning of the year? Did you have them winning like five, four, five, six games, or did you actually have them being this good? Because I don't know a lot of people that did. I I wasn't sold on them until. I think even after they beat Florida, I wasn't sold on them. I'm trying to think. I think I watched them in a game. Oh, after they dominated Mississippi State, that's when I was sold on them. So I, I was very similar to a lot of people. I was wrong on them. I thought they'd be a very average SEC team, and they're much better than that. So props to Mark Stoops, props to Benny Snell, Cash Daniels, Josh Allen, everyone on that team, and Big Blue Nation. Like you said, it's the biggest game they've had possibly ever in college football and then on i think tuesday they a week from today i think they have a game against kansas in basketball so a big week for kentucky sports and i think that's awesome yeah and a big week it is we will see what happens this game like i said at 3 30 eastern on cbs and then right after this game we got the game of the week and that is alabama and lsu number one alabama will head to lsu in death valley where lsu has been outstanding just as much as Florida has been outstanding in the swamp so we got the swamp where it's increasingly difficult for opponents to play that's how it was for years and now I think it's come back and obviously LSU and Death Valley which is always tough to play especially with the fans route up there but uh, according to FPI Alabama has about a 79 percent chance to win now what does FPI mean well I don't know what it entirely means on the fact that who's actually going to win the game because we could be surprised LSU could completely shut down Tua uh, the, the LSU defense, who has been really good this season, can completely shut down the Alabama run game, but I don't see any of that happening um, this year. Like I mentioned, LSU is really good at home, 5-0. and Alabama obviously is undefeated, 8-0, 3-0 on the road. But I think the big factor in this game, and a lot of people are talking about I want to get your take here, but Devin White, um, he will not be available in the first half due to the suspension uh, a few weeks back for targeting against Mississippi State, who you just brought up. Can, can LSU win without him, Jack? I mean, I think it's – I I'm going back and forth. I think that stat that you gave from FPI, I think that's really good, a really good measure, something I would – I mean, obviously I, I'm on a computer machine like FBI, but a 20% a chance is what I would give LSU in – Again, a 20% chance is better than a 5% chance. And I think they have a shot. Can they win without Devin White? It's really, it's really, it's really hard to say. 
as an All-American linebacker that you're losing for the first half. For I thought it was an awful call and also an awful rule. How if you I don't know how I, there's different there's in my mind there's different severity to targeting and the fact you can't review that and say okay he sat out for the rest of the second half he shouldn't be he shouldn't be required to sit out the first half in two weeks in the biggest game of their season I don't know why the SEC can't review that but again I don't make the rules can they do it I mean yes I think they can do it will they do it um, I'm not sold on that I would I would say very similar to your uh, to the FBI take of they probably have a twenty percent shot to do it. And I think, uh, well, not I think I do know this. Uh, we figured it out. Alabama this season they averaged thirty nine points in the first half. LSU has scored over thirty nine points in an entire game once this season. Now, obviously, that was against Old Miss and that defense, which is safe to say has had their struggles. Uh, but I think this is a huge factor because Alabama has averaged 39 points in the first half. Devin White, he's not going to be available as of now in this game. They're going to be in a lot of trouble because they need all the help they can get against Tua Tagovailoa, who is the best quarterback in the country. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen uh, in college football. What is your take on Tua uh, and what he brings? And do you actually think that he's going to be really successful at the next level, which I do think he is because of his ability to throw on top of his ability to make plays with his feet. No, I mean, there's not much to say about Tua outside of him being the best player in the country. And with for him at the next level, yeah, I think I, I agree with your assessment. I, I could, he's probably a better version of Russell Wilson. Unless I probably am <laughs> giving a little bit too hot of a take there considering that Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl. But I think he's a little bit better version than Russell Wilson. He, he can even run with his feet. I think he has a better arm than Russell Wilson. He's a little bit taller. Um, I think the most the most excited thing I'm, I'm excited to see on Saturday with Alabama is obviously Tua, we saw him come back in the national championship game. So he can work under adversity. He can work under pressure. He can work with his back against the wall. But I want to see what happens to this Alabama team when they get punched in the mouth. So if LSU comes out and they score or they get stopped on two to three straight drives on offense, how do they respond? And we haven't seen that yet. And, I mean, I would say they'll probably respond fine considering how talented their offense is and how great their coaching staff is. But still, we haven't seen that yet. And I think the idea that Alabama are world beaters and that they're kind of one out and they'll just be kind of like the Golden State Warriors. Like we might as well just give them the national championship now. Isn't true. These are these are college kids at the end of the day. They're 18 and 22, 18 and 23 year olds and you never know what, what can happen. So I think the idea that Alabama is just going to smooth, like smooth sail into the playoff, I completely disagree with and I'm really excited to see if, if a coach show off a defense can punch Alabama in the mouth and I want to see how Alabama responds. Well, the guy that's so, going to I mean, be able to punch, like, I don't want to interrupt you there, but uh, the guy that's going to be able to punch them in the mouth, and you're probably going to get to him in a second, is Greedy Williams uh, on the defensive side of the football for LSU. Uh, he is their star, and I think if he can get the two early in this game, they have a chance, uh, at least early, within the first. I'm not saying they have a chance to win the game. I don't think they have a chance at all. 
Um, and the line kind of uh, admits that uh, with Alabama by 14. But that is the closest line, by the way, that Alabama uh, has been at this season. I don't think Alabama has been favored by like less than 28 points. But yet again, they're playing uh, mid-majors, D3 school, whatever it is, every single week. So their strength of schedule isn't entirely that difficult. Uh, but this is the closest the line has been this week. Who would you pick in this game uh, if it were up to you based on what the line is at right now around 14? I would take LSU. I think it's too many points to pass off for a game in Death Valley at night. I do. I, if somebody took Alabama, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> I think, I mean, we've seen time and time again Alabama just covers. Uh, they won by 100 points. I think in the first half, they've covered every single first half line. They're they're phenomenal. They're a phenomenal team. And there is, they've shown no indication why you should bet against them. But I think LSU is going to keep it close. I would still be shocked if they won. But 14 is a lot, especially with the great defense. So I would, I would take LSU plus 14. That's probably a good bet and a safe bet at this point, but I don't think this game on my side is going to be close at all. And I understand that your point of the 18 to 22-year-olds, they're just college kids and everything like that, but what I've seen from Alabama this year on offense is just, its it, this is the best offense I've seen in college football in quite some time, and I've been covering this for quite some time, obviously, but uh, I think in this game, LSU, I mean, they're, they're the best defense that Alabama's faced. Now, like I said, Alabama has not played entirely anybody uh, that's really notable this year that's going to be probably in the playoff at all uh, or even be in playoff talk. But uh, I think this game will be a good barometer of, of next week. I think the, the committee, the college football playoff committee, we'll get to here in a second, uh, was wishing that they would release their rankings next week because I think this week is going to be the determining factor for a lot of these games, uh, including this one, because – I think if Alabama blows them out, if it's not close, we can just cut to the end of the season and give Alabama the, the national championship because, or the college football playoff trophy. Because that, that's just, that's my take on it. You're probably a little bit different. But I think if Alabama wins this game, what, by three touchdowns, four touchdowns, which I don't think they will. There's a chance they do, obviously, with Tua. Um, you can just give them the, the national championship at that point. But um, that's the take there on the Alabama-LSU game. That is at 8 o'clock on CBS. Um, and you can catch it there. Now, there's two other games in the conference this week. I don't want to cover them a whole lot because I want to get into college football playoff rankings uh, that are going to be released. But um, Charlotte's heading to Knoxville to take on the Volunteers. That's at 4 Eastern on the SEC Network. Tennessee is a 21-point favorite. And obviously, Louisiana Tech is heading to Starkville, or like some mentioned, Stark Vegas at night, uh, to take on Mississippi State at 7.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. Also, Mississippi State is favored by 21. So two games here where... SEC teams are favored by 21 against teams that uh, really don't have a shot in these games. Are these lines suspect at all? I think they're probably about right. Yeah, I, I mean, how far is Tennessee falling off being only 21-point favorites against Charlotte? That's, I mean, obviously Jeremy Pruitt's got a lot of work to do. I was, I mean, I wasn't shocked to see it was a 21-point line. I think that's a little bit uh, right on, but still, uh, Tennessee, Rocky Top, Charlotte is not they are good. four and four, but they're not. A, they're just they're one of the worst uh, college football programs out there right now. But 
No. Uh, and then in Mississippi State, Louisiana Tech, uh, I don't really uh, – Mississippi State's jerseys are pretty sick this week. I saw those. I think they're honoring um, – they're honoring – World War II hero Sonny Montgomery with their uniforms designed after the plane named after him, the C-17, the spirit of Sonny Montgomery. So if you get a shot to look those up, I would definitely go look those up. Those are pretty sick. Uh, Louisiana Tech, I mean, that's a good uh, that's a good G5 football program without a doubt. And 22 is a lot. I would probably hedge to take Louisiana Tech just because of how bad that Mississippi State offense is. But, I mean, I don't – I really – these games uh, at four, so one's at four, I'll be, we'll be watching Georgia-Kentucky. Yeah, and I mean that, yeah. And then 7.30, then we'll be watching Alabama-LSU. But, yeah, that, those are my, my thoughts on those two. Also, this week in the SEC, Arkansas and Vanderbilt are on buys, not uh, two notable or marquee teams in the conference, just teams that are kind of getting by this year, uh, and hopefully their program strengthen uh, into next season and years to come down the road. Uh, but before I let you go, I want to talk about the college football playoff uh, rankings that are going to be released this week. Uh, there should not be a surprise between teams one through four. It should probably go uh, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and LSU. Now, people are giving uh, some noise to Michigan. And Notre Dame beat Michigan, by the way, at the beginning of the season. I understand that was the first game. But um, do you think, like I said, next week, I know that the rankings are actually going to mean more because LSU is either going to get smoked or they're going to keep it close with Bama. Um, and obviously that could affect where they are uh, in the college football playoff rankings. But um, what do you think is going to happen um, with the rankings this week? Well, the biggest thing for me this week is we all know Alabama is the best team, but the college football playoffs all, all based off of it's all based off of resume. And I wouldn't be shocked tonight if we see Alabama ranked number three or number two, because Notre Dame and LSU both have better resumes. Uh, you could even, because Alabama, they haven't really beaten anybody. They've beaten Texas A&M at home. That's probably their best one. So I, I could definitely see Alabama being pitted at number two or number three. That doesn't mean they're not the best team in the nation. Anyone who suggests otherwise is wrong. But that we've seen the college football playoff, they base it off resume. So I'm most, I'm most uh, interested to see tonight what goes on there in terms of where they rank Alabama. And then the good thing about the college football playoff rankings right now is a lot of the controversy and where player uh, teams are ranked, it's going to work itself out because a lot of these teams are going to play each other. So if LSU is above Alabama this week, which they probably won't because they have the loss, but if they are, Alabama will just, all they have to do is beat them, and they'll be ahead of them. Uh, the same goes with Michigan and Ohio State. If Ohio State's above Michigan, all Ohio State has to do, or below Michigan, Ohio State's below Michigan, all Ohio State has to do is beat Michigan, which they'll all have a shot. So, And then, obviously, we can get into where UCF will be ranked. That will be interesting as well. Yeah, UCF, another one of those teams last year that called themselves national champions. Uh, that's another topic for another conversation. But real quick before I let you go, there's been this Georgia versus Alabama situation um, to where I mean, it's been arisen a little bit, but I don't think it uh, has much value anymore considering we kind of seen what Georgia is, and I don't think they have a shot to beat Alabama uh, at the end of the year. But um, if Alabama loses, because they're going to be in the SEC championship game, at least we think, uh, as long as they beat LSU, they're going to be in the SEC championship game, 
and if Georgia wins out uh, for the East, and what's going to happen there, because Kentucky has no shot to get in the playoff, if, if Georgia wins out and they play Alabama in the SEC championship game, and Alabama loses. Now, I don't think this will happen, but there is a chance, like with everything. Do you think the SEC will get two teams in at that point, or do you think it's safe to say they'll probably get one considering uh, how strong Texas has come along, how strong Michigan's come along, and obviously the noise of Oklahoma. We know they play no defense, but that offense uh, I think could be an attract meet with Alabama uh, if they needed to play them in the college football playoff. But what are your thoughts on this Alabama-Georgia situation? No, that's, that's something I've gone back and forth with. The thing would be, I don't think they'd they'd be able to justify putting Alabama in without them beating. I mean, I guess you could say they beat LSU on the road. So I guess that's a big resume, but who would you put it in over? You would have Georgia, Notre Dame, Clemson. Could you put Alabama in over Michigan or Oklahoma? I would say no. Uh, I think the thing... for Alabama, or for the SEC to get two teams in the playoff, the thing would be Notre Dame would not have would be would have to have a down year because the Notre Dame aspect of this, if Notre Dame is twelve and zero, they're going to get into the playoff, and that's if Notre Dame wasn't, then yeah, I could see two SEC teams getting in like we saw last year, and uh, they would have to have kind of quote unquote chaos happening. Which happened last year. We had we saw Ohio State. They won the Big Ten, but they also had losses to Oklahoma, and then obviously the the brutal loss to Iowa on the road. So for for any conference to get two teams in, there has to be chaos, and I don't think this is the year that it happens. But obviously that that's not. You can never say chaos isn't going to happen in college football because you'll be proven wrong before you finish your sentence. Yeah, that seems to happen a ton, and it happens every single year. And it might happen this year if Notre Dame loses. Uh, we have seen uh, them in some close games, for example, University of Pittsburgh. That game was a little too close for comfort for Irish fans there. But uh, I think if Notre Dame, like you said, wins out their end, and the SEC will virtually have no shot to get two teams in if this Alabama-Georgia situation would play itself out. Uh, Jack, is there anything else to look for around college football this week uh, maybe outside of the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, any games that I kind of know you touched on them a little bit earlier, but is there anything else to look out for uh, this week in college football? Uh, I mean, you mentioned that we need to keep an eye on Notre Dame. I think their game against Northwestern this week will be a tough one. It's a shame that the game for Northwestern the game is in that noon because I think one of the toughest environments you can play in in college football is Northwestern at noon because it's a dead crowd. It's always gloomy. It's a, it's a gray outside, and you just it's hard to get hyped up for it. But this game will be for Notre Dame. Uh, they'll be playing Northwestern at 7:15 under the lights in Evanston. Or actually, I think I'm blanking on where Northwestern is, but it's right outside Chicago. And Northwestern's a good team. We saw them beat Wisconsin last week, so I keep an eye on that. And then also, we have um, Penn State against Michigan. Michigan's 10-point favorites right now at home against Penn State. We saw Penn State struggle a little bit with Iowa last week, but uh, they still have the horses to beat Michigan. So I, I'm interested to see how Michigan looks against them this week. And then West Virginia, Texas, that's another game where you have, I think Texas is pretty much out of it for the college football playoff right now. 
They need some chaos with two losses. It's tough to justify putting them in. But West Virginia, they're six and one, and if they went out, they beat the likes of Oklahoma at home in their last game of the season. Then they won the Big Twelve. You could justify putting West Virginia in. So there's a bunch of games throughout uh, throughout the nation that are interesting. But the biggest one, as we know, is Alabama LSU and then Georgia Kentucky. Another game I'm just looking at the schedule right now: Oklahoma Texas Tech. How does can Oklahoma show up on defense again this week like they did against Kansas State last week and then TCU the week before? Uh, there's a lot of questions to be answered, but uh, all the as usual, per usual, uh, every all the eyes will be on the SEC and that deservingly so. So, yeah, it's the I best like conference that. for a reason, and uh, it will remain the best conference, and it just means more in this conference, by the way. Uh, but we're going to leave you there today. Jack, thanks for making time to come on the program, and we kind of extended a little bit longer than we plan on having you on, but that's a good thing, by the way. Uh, we got a lot of useful information out of you, and hopefully um, a lot of people did as well. Um, but that was Jack Mack of Barstool Sports. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram at CFB College Football. Four updates in the SEC and college football in general. Jack, it was fun. We hope to have you again. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun, Anthony. And, uh, yeah, I hope to hear from you again soon. And best of luck. Yeah, also, don't forget to check out his podcast, by the way. Johnny Manziel is on this podcast, so you gotta, you got to tune in. I understand Johnny Manziel is kind of a controversial figure, uh, but Jack Mack does appear uh, as a co-host on the podcast. Comeback season, like I mentioned, it's on iTunes, so if you go on there and search it, you will find it. It is with El Presidente, Dave Portnoy, who you obviously know, the founder of Barstool Sports, and also Casey Smith uh, from time to time, and also Jack. But Johnny Manziel is on, the, on this podcast, if I'm not mistaken, so check that out when you can. Uh, but we will be back next week to preview Week 11 and some of the best matchups in the SEC. Thanks for listening. If you miss a show, don't worry. We've got you covered. Head over to soundcloud.com forward slash Varela Show or search us on Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode of the show. Don't forget us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Varela Show.